0: If you will, let's turn to the book of Zechariah, chapter 3. Zechariah, chapter 3. If you get to Matthew, turn left, two books. I think what we just had for our scripture reading there in 1 John will tie in well with the passage here in Zechariah. The Lord said, Moses wrote of me, and so did every other prophet that wrote of a book in this thing we call the Bible, so did every apostle that that wrote an epistle or a book, and so did every disciple that wrote one. And they still do. They still do. They write of him. This is the word of Zechariah. Here in Zechariah 3, verse 1, it says, And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. It says there in verse 1, and. And what? <laughs> Something else took place, didn't it? Look back in chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord sent word <clears throat> to Zechariah and to Jerusalem. Jerusalem had been in Babylon for about 70 years and got themselves there and was getting kind of comfortable. And so the Lord speaks to him. He says in verse seven, Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwellest with the daughter of Babylon What a what a way to start something off. Save yourself. What's our mind say? I can't I can't. Verse eight For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, for he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. For behold, I will shake my hand upon them, and they shall be a spoil to their servants. And ye shall know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come, and I dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of thee, and thou shalt know, that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto, unto thee, and the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion in the holy land, and shall choose Jerusalem again. Be silent, O flesh, O all flesh, before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. Chapter 3, verse 1 And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away, this is the Lord speaking, take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head, and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. Who are the people? That are in this passage of scripture. Who's the characters we're going to look at if this is a story? Well, there's the prophet Zechariah, that's the one has recorded this and speaking on behalf of the Lord, and saying, "Thus saith the Lord," and he's saying what he had witnessed, and he he sees Joshua, the high priest, clothed in filthy garments. Those things that Joshua had done and made himself filthy, <laughs> he was wrong. And there's Satan. The Lord showed Zechariah, Satan, standing there to resist Joshua, the high priest in filthy garment. And the Lord, he's the one that rebuked Satan. He's the one that commanded Joshua, the high priest, to be clothed in new raiment, to have a mitre put upon his head. That too, this is. I want to put our bifocals on this evening and we're going to see us in this and we're going to see why. We're going to see why. Verse 1 says, and he showed, Zechariah 3 verse 1, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Here's Joshua the high priest in, in the court of the Lord. And here's an accuser. Satan's right there with him. And you know what? He doesn't have to lie. Does he have to tell lies on you? He don't have to tell lies on me. He can just tell everything I've done. I hang my head because he's right. He's, he's accusing us. He's resisting us. Resisting us being in the presence of the Lord. And, and that's just like we saw last week. That, that king of Egypt, that's what he wanted. If there's new life being born, kill it. Kill it. You stop it at all costs. He want nothing else. Josh was on trial, isn't he? and he's standing there, and he's clothed in filthy garments. Now, that's, that's a picture of us, the Lord's people, but that's a picture of all mankind born of Adam. If we're of our father Adam, that's us. That's, that's my friends. That's, that's my parents and my loved ones, and that's my children, and that's my grandchildren someday. That's everybody standing in judgment before God there will be a final judgment but the Lord judges this earth on a daily basis he deals with us and there's times he's merciful to the bodies of people and he don't slay people right then he restrains but that's all of mankind this isn't just the final judgment that's our condition right now that's everyone's condition right now but this one's different if if somebody tells me what I've done wrong the first thing I'm going to do is tell you why I've done it right Uh, I hope I don't blame my wife. (laughs) That's nature. You you told me something, Kevin. And I said, well, Kimberly told me. I don't care what Kimberly told you. Uh, You told me something, Kevin. Yeah, but but she was there. (laughs) I hope I don't do that. It's what my daddy did. It's what Adam did, wasn't it? Lord said, what what happened to you? He said, that's that woman you gave me. Blame it on the Lord. We blame shift, don't we? This one's different. Satan's accusing him. He says, I did not mean that, and you know better. And he didn't even tell who his advocate was. He didn't tell who his propitiation was. He was just quiet. That's different. That's different, isn't it? He's quiet. Why? He's wrong. There's times I've just had my tail tucked between my legs. I was flat wrong, and there was some other stuff I was right in, but I ain't even going to bring that up. Just hush. Shut up to sin. Shut up to the law. All of it. Not ten commandments. Not being kind. All of it. This man standing here, Joshua, wasn't making excuses. Because the Lord had dealt with him. The Lord dealt with him. That's the same thing that happened to Paul, and the same thing that happens to the Lord's people now. Paul said, I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, when God commanded it, and I saw that law for what it was. Sin revived, and I died. He wasn't alive before. But he said, and that's when I knew I was spiritually dead. I ain't got nothing to say. Lord blinded him. He couldn't see nothing. But he knew he was blind. He was blind the whole time, didn't know it. Then <laughs> Pharisee said, You saying we're blind? He said, if you are blind, you wouldn't have sin. That's what. That's what takes place in the life of a believer. That point comes, and, and, and we get judgmental, and we get, so this one ought not do that, or we ought to be doing this, or whatever. And if the Lord shows us what we are, all of a sudden we ain't got nothing to say. We'll shut up, and our opinions will shut up, and our excuses will shut up. He'll shut us up to sin. That's what's happening right here. And he's, <clears throat> I wanted to say this as clearly as I can. I don't want to preach to you right now. I just want to talk to you. Joshua wasn't hushed up to indwelling sin. Okay? You hear what I'm saying? He wasn't shut up to indwelling sin. Boy, that sounds a whole lot better, doesn't it? It's indwelling sin. Indwelling sin something you can't see, just like cancer. Well, I have something bad going on, but it don't look that bad to me. That sounds precious. That's like a harlot, that Disney character. It was the noun. That's what shut him up. Not an action that took place. Not him letting his sons marry women that wouldn't the Lord's. It was what he was. The DNA. I mean, what pumped through his veins. All of him. The noun. Not a verb. The noun. His body wasn't nothing but sin. And that man that happened to dwell in him, his indwelling new creation, knew it. That's what shut him up. That's a rare thing to come across. Do you know that? I mean, just as, just as rare, people think I'm nuts saying this. It is a rare thing to find somebody telling the truth about what it says in this book the truth about man, the truth about God, and that will not sway and, and be succumbed to input and, and suggestions. And this is maybe what we ought to try, and he's going to preach the word, he's going to preach Christ. All the time, that is a rare thing. Well, there's churches all over the place. I'm saying it correctly. And it seems to be more rare to find a sinner that needs somebody to preach to them. That's that's what they are. Not something I did, something I used to do. That's what I am. That's a rare thing. If sin is what you do, you can do better. If I'm overweight, I I can lose weight. If I'm dumb, I can study. If I don't speak Spanish, I can get a a lesson and start learning. If sin's what I do, you can do better. But if it's what you are, there must be a new creation. What you are ain't going to do. Somebody that that isn't sin doesn't need a Savior. If they just have sins, they can just do better. We can't enter that womb again. We need a new creation. He's going to have to do it. That's what we read for our text, or our uh, Scripture reading in 1 John says, if we say we have no sin, that's a noun. That's not a verb, that's a noun. That's what we are, it's a nature. We deceive ourselves, and this is terrifying. The truth is not in us. But I like them people. God says truth ain't in them. I like me. If I say, well, I'm not nothing but sin. That's all I am, born of Adam. I ain't nothing but the noun, sin. Truth ain't in me. If there's a preacher that doesn't say that, truth ain't in me. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, that's a verb in 1 John 1.10. Well, what's the verb do? It's doing something. Well, how can it do it unless it's already the noun? you got to be sinned to be a sinner. We make him a liar. Call God a liar. And his word is not in us. What has already taken place for Joshua the high priest clothed in filthy rags to be standing before the Lord? He was plucked out. Do you know that? He was plucked out. He was guilty before God. He was guilty before God's law. He was accused by Satan, and he had—he was no match. He was shut up to sin, and his only hope was that the Lord provides. Not, not a little bit of my faith in something. Not, a, I mean, a, a nanogram of anything. His only hope was that the Lord did something, and so he sat in silence. Did he pray? I'm sure he did. I don't know what went through his head. <laughs> I know what went through mine. I'm thankful the Lord's keeping my mouth shut right now. I'll <laughs> be thanking him, begging him to keep it shut. But that's what had already taken place, isn't it? He would already been plucked out. That's how he got there. He knew he was in filthy rags. He knew that Satan wasn't making up false accusations. He's right. He don't know half of it. He don't know my heart. Where was he? What, where's where's the arena that this court of law has taken place? Whose presence is it? it? Says in verse one he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The Lord's speaking here. It's verse two. And the Lord saith unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. I've chose a people. He said. You touch them, you're touching the apple of my eye. That's what I said back in chapter two, wasn't it? Touch not mine anointed. Do my prophets no harm, and you're opening your mouth towards my prophets, Satan. And he rebuked him. I don't even wanna know what that means. That's terrifying. Is this not is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Satan, isn't this one that I've chosen? Isn't this one that was dead? But I, the Lord, I made him alive. I sent my spirit to him. I plucked them. I preserved them I, because I bought them and I've kept him. Do you think I'm going to hear a word you have to say about him? This is mine. That one that ain't saying a word, doesn't say a word in this whole thing. That one right there, that's just ugly and filthy and dirty and covered. And he knows it. He knows it because I taught him that. That's mine. Don't touch him. Don't touch him. What's the outcome? This is pretty short, isn't it? Five verses here in chapter 3 we're going to look at. Verse 3. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered, the Lord answered, and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, he spoke to Joshua the high priest in filthy garments and said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. Did you do something? The Lord said, I've took it all away. All those good things you thought you were doing. There's a difference between sin, iniquity, and transgression. I'm all three. If <laughs> the Lord's speaking about forgiving it, I need to hear it. He said, I've caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. I will clothe thee with change of raiment. And I said, Let them set fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. Right there the whole time. What is happening again? What's going on here? This is a picture of us, and The Lord's people. This is a child of God that's plucked out, that's showed what they are. They see their filthiness. They're silenced. They're shut up to it. They're defended when they're accused. And then they're robed. All that in- iniquity has just been cleansed and took away. And a robe of righteousness has been put on. Just like that prodigal son, wasn't it? That, he rehearsed everything, and he was eating the corn husks, and he said, I'm going to go be a servant at my daddy's house. And he'd come walking, he'd rehearse things, and he, he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no worthy to be called thy son. He didn't even have to say that out loud. The dad could have saw it in his face. Right? But the father said to his servants, just as the Lord just said to, to these servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and, and Come kill the fatted calf. Don't go get a, I got a cow on sale the other day. And I mean, it's a little cross-eyed and it's got some blemishes on it. No, he said, you go get the best calf we got. We learned something there. And kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive. He was in a fire. He's just a stick sticking in the fire. And I pulled him out. (laughs) He ain't burning no more. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. This is good news. That's real good if we got filthy clothes, if we're sin. Christ came to save sinners. Huh? This is him doing it. I like to watch him work, don't you? this is bifocal. Now remember, the prophet is witnessing this. Zechariah is there and he's telling what he saw the Lord do, isn't he? That's a lesson for Zechariah. God taught his prophet something. And then he wrote it down for Israel, for Jerusalem to see this. They're going to be taught something in this. And that's for us. We're reading it now, long time later. Why? So we can learn something. This is what the Lord does for us. That's precious, isn't it? But Zechariah was seeing this. But what does he see? He doesn't see himself standing there, does he? What, does, what do we all see? Let me help you. Who do we see? Who do we see? Verse one He showed me Joshua, Joshua. That's the same name in the New Testament, Jesus. God showed me Jesus. He showed me the one that shall save his people from something their' sin. If we read on in first John first John two, it says, "My little children, these things." Write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, that word can be easily translated when. And that's right. When a man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, our high priest. And he's a propitiation for our sins. Christ, our high priest, that one that's a mediator between God and man. He's the mercy seat. That's covered in blood. He's the acceptable bloody sacrifice. He's the lamb. And we have to see him. Isn't that what Isaac needed to see? He said, Daddy, we got all things. Where's the lamb? That's what we need to see. That's what we need to see. The Lord plucked Zechariah again. He plucked him before he already was his prophet. But the Lord plucked him one more time. And he showed him Joshua. He showed him the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's plucking Israel out. Those that's in that physical nation, and he's showing them Joshua, showing them Christ our Lord, and his people now. He's plucking them out, he's bringing them out, (laughs) and he's showing them something. Christ our Lord, and he's clothing his people. He clothed Zechariah, clothed his Israel throughout time and shall. That's what he's doing. Is that legitimate? Is this legal? Is this holy? How could a man be just before God? How could How could this physical man that was named Joshua that happened to be the high priest that was dirty in dirty clothes and was accused how, how can he how can this be right? We can't sweep it under the road. The Lord, our Joshua, our high priest, he must wear our filthy rags, and he must be accused, and then he must be found accepted, and we in him. We in him. It says in verse one, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan at his right hand to resist him. He showed me him, and he showed me that, that great opponent I'm no match for. You know, Satan tempted Christ. I've been tempted a little bit. And and the Lord reminded me of this. He was tempted. Satan tempted Christ. You know what he tempted him with? Twisted scriptures. He didn't say there's going to be crazy little green men in funny underwear coming down to get you and Bigfoot and all his other crazy things. No. He got him with the scriptures, didn't he? That's what he did. He, he, he told part truths. Well, he said some good things. Would you say that about Satan. The tempter came to him and he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. He was a, he was God and he was a man. He was hungry. Hadn't eaten 40 days. And he said, "If You're the God, man, right there. There's stones. You can make them bread. I know you can. I believe in you. But he answered, said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He told him what the scriptures meant, what it said and what it meant. It just gave him knowledge, gave him knowledge and understanding. And he took him up top of that big pinnacle up there. And he said, Thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash, dash thy foot against a stone. He loosely quoted Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12, didn't he? Jesus said it's written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That's who Satan was tempting, wasn't he? he Show Christ all the lands and all the kingdoms. And he said, I'll give you all these things if you'll fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, get thee hence, Satan, for it's written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. And the devil leaveth him and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. <laughs> it was over. But that, that was in the wilderness. What, that's whenever they, the Spirit led him out to the wilderness. And here in our text, this is the presence of the Lord. This ain't the wilderness. This ain't that working. This is his court. This is his judgment. And Joshua didn't say a word. This is the Lord, our Joshua. I thought of Christ in front of Pilate. Those chief priests came, and they accused him of many things. They're in this court. They didn't didn't tempt him. They accused him. (laughs) They said, we can give you something. They said, he's guilty. And he answered nothing. And Pilate asked him, said, don't you, why are you answering nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against him! They got all these charges. Surely, like one of them. But Jesus answered nothing. So Pilate marvelled. Pilate marvelled at that. The Lord did not defend himself. Joshua here didn't defend himself. Why? Isaiah fifty three says, "All we like sheep have gone astray; we've turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him, on the Lord Jesus Christ." the iniquity of us all. That's what he told Joshua he got rid of, wasn't it? He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Why Why wouldn't a sheep say, why are you shearing me? Well, they need sheared. And then they got wool on them, don't they? You set them on that button and they don't move, they don't talk. I wonder if, In fact, come up when Philip talked to the eunuch there in Acts 8 as he was reading it. Joshua, the man, didn't speak because he was guilty. Why didn't Christ speak? He bore our guilt, our sin, and our shame. That's why. Is that precious to us? Verse 3 says And now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Oh, he was filthy. He was filthy, real filthy. You know how filthy he was? Turn over to Isaiah 52. Back to Isaiah 52. There in verse 13, speaking of the servant of the Lord. Isaiah 52, 13. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him, for that which had not been told them shall they see. And that which they had not heard, shall they consider. He's going to reveal himself to them. That marring, that marring, said his visage was so marred. That was our filthy rags. I said that to you before. That's my iniquity, my sin, and my transgression. He was made Kevin Bailey Thacker. And and in the sight of God, he couldn't look upon it. Get it away from me. Forsake it. Forsake him. Turn over to Isaiah 64. Verse 6. <clears throat> Isaiah 64 6. But we are as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness, righteousnesses are as filthy rags. That ain't a dirty shop towel. That ain't something down, somebody down at the Waffle House is wiping table off with. That's used sanitary napkins. You understand? It's something that's vulgar, it's repulsive. That's where, that's, the, that's the best we have, what we think's good. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there's none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us and hast com- consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, thou art our Father. We are the clay, and thou our potter. And we all work the work of Thy hand. We all work the work of thy hand. I don't in my hand no price I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. I don't I I can't even stand there with my mouth shut. He has to do that for me. He has to do that for me. Turn over to John thirteen. This will be the last one. John thirteen. Here's the act that that our great high priest becoming our filth, bearing that in his body on the tree. And he shows this to us. He gives us an example. John 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments. He had garments on and he took those garments off and he took a towel and girded himself. Who who did all this stuff? They, nobody asked him to. He did it willingly. Did it willingly. After that, he poureth water into a basin. I just see him holding that, that pitcher of water up by his side. Leaning it into that basin. He poured water into a basin began to wash the disciples' feet and to wash them with a towel wherewith he was girded with his own clothes. He took his garments off. He put this towel on as his garments, and he's washing his people. Is he getting clean or is he getting dirty? Getting filthy. And he cometh to Simon Peter, verse 6. And Peter saith to him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And the Lord said, said unto him, What I do thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. You don't know what I'm doing yet, Peter. Just hush and watch and what, give it six months. okay? Give it six weeks, six months, or six years. Just give it time, and the Lord's going to teach you. Just wait. And Peter, Peter just couldn't stand it. <laughs> I understand. Peter saith unto him, thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. If I don't do the washing, you ain't never going to be here by yourself. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only. But also my hands and my head, not just my walk in this world, but everything I work with and everything I think, wash me solely, wholly. And Jesus said to them, "He that is washed, needeth not to save not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And you are clean, You're clean. I have bore your filthy rags. I've done that. I was the sheep heading to slaughter, and the Lord slew me." it pleased the Lord to bruise him, to forsake him for you. But not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore he said, you're not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and he had taken his garments, those dirty garments, those filthy garments, Isaiah 53 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He took that. Where did he take it? So Chris Cunningham asked me, where did Tal go? <laughs> as far as the east is from the west. Blotted out, gone. Gone. And was we'll set down again. He said to them, know ye what I've done to you? You wanted to know right now, Peter. You know what I did to you? He, The Lord has to show us Joshua. He has to show us Jesus. He has to show us our sin. He has to pluck us out and convict us and show us our need of him. And we see him and we see that he's washed us and he was the one standing there. He's our high priest that that was buried our filthy rags and and bore our punishment. And then the Lord rewarded him. And whenever he rewarded him, we were rewarded in him. When When he bore our sin, he was made sin. We were made the righteousness of God in him. I understand the in him better than I understand the righteousness of God. I'll tell you that. I'm thankful for both. You know what I've done to you? He says that to his people. He comes, he reveals himself, the spirit works. That, that Holy Ghost abounds toward him like a linebacker. He ain't going to get away. And he gets a hold of him, and he does a work in him, and they're glad, and they're happy. And he says, You know what I've done to you? I say, In part, and, and thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. He said, You call me master and lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. And he gives him a charge. If I then, your lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. That's just what we walk through this world in, isn't it? For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his lord, neither he that sent, he that is sent, greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. If you do them. You think You think Joshua, that high priest, that man, he was living in a fleshly body after the Lord spoke this to him. You think he's hard to get along with? You think he, you think he made a good neighbor? I'd say he did. He's probably pretty easy to get along with. We know these things. Knowledge ain't enough. He said, Do them. And if you understand, you can't keep from it. That's a new creation. You can't stop it. It's just going to happen. Forgiveness, well, you have to. How could I not? That's so. And to think, our Lord, He has a name that's above every name. He's the King of all kings, He's the Lord of all lords. He's the head. He's the potentate. He's the only authority that there is. And all glory goes to him. Bar none, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And we're in him. We're glorified with him. Right now, we're seated at the right hand of the Father on high. How could that be? He'll show us. I pray the Lord would pluck us out all the fiery things that we're in and the situations and the trials and the confusion and the sadness and the whatever, fill in the blank. He pull us out of whatever it is that ain't him. Show us the Lord Jesus Christ. Show us Joshua, our high priest. Show us what he really bore for us. We have to see our sin or that Savior ain't worth nothing. If this is some kind of technicality, you don't need a technical Savior. You need a living Savior. I do too. Show us him and what he's done and that it's finished. It's fin- Did it come to pass? Yes. Did it happen before time? Yes. <laughs> it's done. He said, that's my people. I chose them. That's the apple of my eye. Apple of my eye. That's the most tender part. You know, I remember, I remember my pastor teaching me those things when I was a kid. You know what the apple of your eye is? You know how important your eye is? Look at your head. <laughs> he said, get your mirror, son. Your whole head's built around it. Your, your eyebrows come out. Why do we got cheekbones? To protect the eye. Why do you have an eyebrow to protect the eye? Why do you got eyelashes? Keep stuff out of your eye. Why do you got an eyelid that's the fastest thing on your body? <laughs> protect the eye. And he said, you're the apple of my eye. And all this is already done. We just have to be shown, don't we? He just has to reveal himself to us. I pray he'd do that. I pray to, uh, We'd be glad. We'd be glad if he does. All right, Brother Mark.